Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's the Ruben J Show, and I am super excited to be chatting with this gentleman right here again. Uh, Eric, it's been too long. Eric Bischoff is joining me. He is a former professional wrestling executive. He's a professional wrestling podcaster now. He's a former television executive, the best head of hair in professional wrestling, <laughs> uh, as well as an author of two books, one coming out uh, in just a couple of weeks, which is what we're here to talk about. Eric, welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you, Ruben. Good to be with you, man. Let's uh, let's jump into this, man. And uh, obviously, you know, last time we talked, you were you were doing the podcast. You were fresh in the podcast business. Uh, now, I think you're on like your fourth or fifth year now doing the podcast. Is that correct? Yeah, something like that. I think it's. Yeah, I don't even know. Can't I can't keep track anymore. <laughs> well, that means you're having fun, and I'm just curious. You know, like this podcast is obviously. Uh, done quite a few different things for you over over the last couple of years, giving you the opportunity to connect with wrestling fans and reconnect with wrestling in general. Um, how do you feel now that you're a couple of years into this? How do you feel about the podcast business? Wow. Um, well, I'm grateful to be in it, number one. I, I think uh, I was fortunate to go into business with Conrad Thompson. Conrad is a, a, a brilliant, brilliant guy and really figured out the podcast business, uh, particularly within the wrestling world. And I w I'm just lucky to be on that, that ride, man. Uh, it's been going well. Financially, it's very successful. It's fun. I enjoy doing it. I get to do it from home, so I don't have to travel, which is really nice. Uh, and it's opened up a lot of other opportunities, so it's been great. Yeah, and one of the big opportunities that happened to you, which I believe you're going to be writing about in your book, I'm assuming so. I'm not really sure. I haven't had the chance to, to read it just yet. I did order it on the first day it went on for sale. It was oh nice, thank you. It was the easiest uh, easiest book buy I've ever done in my life. Was was your your book Grateful? Um, but uh, you worked a little for a little while with with the WWE, uh, and then you've done mm -hmm. some stuff with AEW. Um, I, I have to ask a question. It's an obligatory question. Um, you know, will we be seeing you know all Eric wrestling coming up soon, or Eric Bischoff leading any sort of wrestling promotion or anything like that? No, no, you will not see that. <laughs> <laughs> you will not see that. That, that, that train done left the station, brother, <laughs> and it left without me, and I'm glad. I'm grateful for that, too. Did the, did the last no, – I, I joke, I joke at least I say that, but, but I mean it. I, I'm so grateful for the career that I've had, and especially now. It's one of the reasons I wrote the book, really, is the, the podcast has helped me kind of reflect a, a little differently on my career. Um, you know, it was, a, it was a tumultuous career. It had, you know, extremely high highs and extremely low lows. And, you know, sometimes it, you need a kick in the ass to remember that, you know, the high of the highs was a pretty good journey. And yeah. you tend to forget about the low of the lows. And that's kind of where I'm at now, man. I just look back and it's all been a great thing. And I'm, I'm grateful for it. I wouldn't trade it for anything. But I wouldn't want to do it again. You know, it's it's that that time in my life that season of my life is is in a rearview mirror and i'm i'm happy about it well and then I, you know my curiosity just perked up a little bit right now because you know i would assume and this is just me talking out of the side of my mouth i don't have any inside information 
But I would assume going back into the rat race for a couple of months with WWE may or may not have got the the taste out of your mouth of of wanting to go back into professional wrestling. Is that something that you would you would uh, attest to at all, um, or or maybe the opposite? Maybe gave you a fire. Maybe maybe get back into it, but then decided not to. No, I, I don't think either is true. You know, I went to WWE for, for the money, number one. I mean, it was a great opportunity, and it was a great opportunity to work at a different level in WWE and work with different people, which I was really looking forward to. I was looking forward to working closely with Vince. And most of all, I was really looking forward to working closely with Bruce Pritchard. That was my primary reason for going. It wasn't the money or anything else. It was really Bruce. And I really believed because Bruce and I had worked together in the past. And I really believe that our, our personalities, our, our views of wrestling are different enough, but our ability to collaborate and kind of find the best in both of our perspectives was really kind of fun. And I was really looking forward to that. And I was curious about, you know, working with Paul Heyman, um, I've worked around Paul Heyman. I've worked in the same company as Paul Heyman. But we never really got to collaborate, and I was looking forward to that as well. But look, it just didn't work out, man. The chemistry just wasn't there, and it's uh, it, it was a great experience. I'm glad I did it. But I think what I learned more than anything out of that experience was that I love where I live and I love my lifestyle, and. I'm at a point in my life where I don't easily give that up. And I thought I could. I thought I could adapt much better because I've always been very adaptable throughout my career. It's probably one of the reasons I survived in the entertainment business as long as I did is because I was adaptable. But when it came to adapting to my lifestyle, you know, going from living on, you know, 20 acres in Wyoming, looking up the river or looking up the reservoir into Yellowstone National Park and then trading all that to live in a two-bedroom corporate apartment in downtown Stanford was a little bit more of a jolt on my psyche than I thought it would be. Yeah, I I, I know. So I've, you know, full disclosure, I've, I've done some work with your wife as well. Um, and uh, she was, she was my life coach for, for a little while, gave me, gave me some, some sessions. So, you know, it's funny knowing, knowing you the little bit that I know you and knowing her a little bit that I know her, you know, looking back on it, it to me, it's like, wow, I don't, I don't see how that would have, would have worked because yeah, you guys are both kind of free spirits and you know, uh, you know, when you guys want to jump on a plane, you'll jump on a plane wherever you guys want to go. Or I know you're more fond on driving, uh, than, than flying these days, but it just seemed like a really odd fit, uh, at the time. But, uh, I, I would be, I would, I would be lying to you if I said I wasn't excited to see, Eric Bischoff back in WWE and Paul Heyman back in WWE in the capacities that you guys were in. So uh, well, I, I think, you know, part of it was Ruben and I want to be careful how I say this. so I don't give the wrong impression. WWE was undergoing a lot of internal change, mm-hmm. kind of reevaluation. Reimagining was the word I heard a lot. They were reimagining everything within WWE. And companies do that from time to time. You know, you just need to do an internal audit, have somebody from the outside come in and look at your processes and look at the way you do things and suggest perhaps better ways of doing them. That's nothing unusual. Um, But that's what was going on at the time that the executive director positions were created because they didn't exist before. So you have these two new positions, Paul, you know, executive director of Raw, I'm executive director of SmackDown. But those roles, while they were defined on paper, they were defined so broadly that 
you know, anything that had anything to do with SmackDown was under my purview, right? I had to be responsible for it. But you weren't really responsible for anything, right? You couldn't really affect a lot of change because everything had to kind of work its way up to the top and Vince McMahon was basically calling all the shots. So while they had these two new positions and theoretically a new process in place, the truth is that new process never really was executed upon, which, you know, was obvious in my part within four months. Paul Heyman lasted a couple months longer than I did or whatever it was, six months longer than I did. And effectively, neither one of those positions really exist. So, I, I look, it was just timing. I'm, again, I was grateful for it, man. I got to work with Vince pretty closely for a period of about four months, got to know him a lot differently, and met a lot of other people and worked with some really, really talented writers and, and became friends with them. So nothing bad, nothing bad happened. It was all good. <laughs> awesome. Well, let's talk about your book because – uh, I remember you and I a few years back. We we sat at a bar in uh, out here in, in L.A. and I asked you, "Hey, do you plan on writing another book?" And at the time, uh, I don't think they could have paid you enough money to write another book. Uh, I don't think you were interested in it. I don't think, you know, I, I believe what you said was, you know, you you said what you needed to say, and there's really not much more to say from that. Here we are now, a handful of years later. You got a book coming out, uh, and just a, is it November November 11th? Yeah, eleven eleven. Eleven eleven. Pre orders pre orders uh stop October thirty first. So still time. Get your autograph copy if you pre order now, bishopbook.com. Bishopbook.com. Uh, and it's an incredible concept. But you know, you have a book coming out now. Why, you know, and it's with, with Guy Evans who wrote the Nitro book, which is uh a, a gigantic piece of 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 uh of literature that I've only gotten about halfway through and I've owned the book since it came out. <laughs> uh, uh, I- it's a dense book. It's, it's a lot of information. It, it is a difficult read uh, to to get to actually get the knowledge. If you just want to read it to read it, yeah, you probably do it in a couple of weeks. But if you actually want to understand the knowledge, it, it's a lot of lot in there. So, what made now the right time to put out this book, uh, and what encouraged you to to decide to, to go on this process? Because it's not an easy task to write uh, a book, especially when it's um, autobiographical. Mm-hmm. Um, well, when I spoke to you, and that was a good, what, five years ago now, I think, four or five years ago, whatever it was, yeah. I was, I think I was in LA working on a, a television project for A&E at that time. But, um, you know, Guy Evans reached out to me because I had, I was a big fan of his book and his work, and we had done a couple um, speaking engagements together, one or two. I think on StarCast we did one and, and really enjoyed him as a, as a person. And, and admired him as a professional. And Guy called me and said, hey, you know, would you consider writing another book? And my first reaction was probably similar to the one I gave you is, <laughs> I don't really have anything to talk about, you know? Which ironically was the first thing that crossed my mind when I was approached to do the first book. It's like, what am I gonna write about, you know? <laughs> uh, fast forward, makes the New York Times bestseller list. So when Guy approached me and, and asked me if I'd be interested, I just said, Guy, what, what, what are you thinking? And Guy had been listening to the podcast and following me and following me on social media. And he said, you know, Eric, there's a, there's a sense of positivity and, and gratitude in a lot of what you say and do. You know? And look, the podcast is what the podcast is, right? I, I could get a little salty from time to time. But for the most part, you know, I'm, I'm very grateful for it all. And that comes through. And, and, and Guy picked up on it. And he goes, what if we covered the period of time from your last book 
to the present day. So 2006, seven to 2022. And again, I thought about it, I said, man, I don't know what, what would I talk about? And I realized there's, there's a fair amount to talk about and cover. But while we talk about the, I talk about the wrestling business and that's kind of the backdrop from 2006 to 2022, it's really about what I've learned along the way and how what I've learned has changed my perspective on my career and what I've accomplished and what it's taken me to get to that point. There are certain things that have happened to me, good, great, and not so great. Um, but it's been that journey that's really helped me really appreciate my career a lot more than I probably ever did, even when I was right in the middle of the peak of it. Do you do you jump into some of your, your TV experiences while in the book or is it just mainly wrestling i uh, know it's it, it, it i talk a lot about you know bischoff hervey entertainment jason hervey and i had a really uh we had a great run you know bischoff hervey entertainment from about 2003 till about 2014 you know good solid 11 years we were making money hand over fist we were cranking out tv shows we had great relationships with a lot of studio executives and network executives um it it was great until it wasn't yeah. And the TV business has changed a lot. And, you know, we saw the handwriting on the wall. Uh, Jason is still a friend. You know, we, we, I don't see him as much or talk to him as much, obviously, because we're not working together. But, we, we, you know, we parted on good terms. We knew what we had to do. And uh, I'm grateful that we got out when we did. Uh, television business is kind of getting crushed right now. <laughs> yeah. And so. it's, it's interesting to see even the streamers are struggling, um, you know, unless you're Disney+. Plus. Uh, it seems like everywhere is struggling to, to grow and, and really diversify. Well, and, and, and for independent producers like Jason and I were, you know, we would create ideas, we would pitch the ideas, and we would produce the ideas and deliver them to the, to the network. So we were kind of a turnkey uh, company in that regard. But, you know, going back to 2003 and all the way up until about 2012, you know, the, the profit margin for us was very, very good. Um, but as we saw about 2013, 14, as things got more competitive and streaming started to rear its ugly head just a little bit, not a lot, but as that started to evolve and, and more importantly, you know, I think vertical integration, you know, the, the days of the independent production companies we could see was fast disappearing because they were all getting, getting bought up and, and acquired by bigger companies like Warner Media, for example. Um, and we just decided it was time to get out because you, you couldn't make any money doing it or not enough to justify it. Let's put it that way. <laughs> now, uh, with this book, great. The, the title is grateful, uh, bischoffbook.com. If you want to want to order it, um, you know, I'm, I'm curious because I've, I've been a long time listener of the podcast. I, I think, I think the first time we, we talked, I was pretty upfront about, um, how much I looked up to you as as a fan, having missed the majority of your executive run in in WCW, um, and so when when your podcast launched, I was one of the first people to to download it and and become a, a an avid follower of the podcast. And I can tell you, I'll tell you this, you know, from the launch to today, it's I believe it's a different Eric Bischoff in, in the respect of. Mm. I think the first couple, especially particularly with with Conrad, you were you were kind of closed off the first 
handful of months of, of an episode and now it's like you're open you're you, you we can hear the gratitude in your voice like guy evans said um i feel like a lot of times you're giving uh giving unsolicited advice to people but not in a bad way where it's like it's not like you know old man shouting down at his younger people it's it, it's there's times where i listen and i'll hear you say something that i'm like oh that's a great idea oh that's a good way to think about this oh that's a good thing to apply to my life that has nothing to do with professional wrestling it's just a thing that you happen to say in between uh stories with conrad and so I, i'm curious can you can you maybe tease the listeners a little bit of some some of that wisdom that you might impart via the book you know i, I don't i can't really because it wasn't my goal to, to impart <laughs> wisdom i think if if there was a goal it was to show by example i guess because i go into some of the you know i, I laurie and i you know we we didn't hit rock bottom but we bounced off of it a few times you know, and I, I've had to reinvent myself. You know, at 62 years old, I had I woke up one day and went, "Holy shit, I'm starting all over again," and and it it was not easy in some respects, but remaining grateful along the way was one of the things that helped me stay positive. Because I don't think you can be a positive person and have a positive outlook outlook if you're not really fundamentally grateful for the opportunities and the things around you. Um, so I, I just, by example, kind of took the reader through some of that. And I guess if I have a hope, while it's not trying to impart a lesson, my hope is that people will read this and go, huh, I guess things aren't so bad. Maybe I can change things if I want. Maybe I can, maybe I can change my attitude just a little bit and end up with a bigger, better outcome. That, that's what I hope, but I, I don't try to do it in a teachy professorial type of way. Cause I'm not that guy. Yeah. I don't, I don't get that from you at all. I don't, I, you know, and even the, the few times that you and I have been able to, to connect face to face, uh, I, you know, even when I ask you random questions about, Hey, what would you do in this situation? <laughs> you know, it's never been a, uh, a lecture or a, you know, um, you know, like you said, like a dissertation or anything. It's always just, yeah, just what I've gone through, you know, and this is how I would handle it and blah, blah, blah. And that, you know, that was the case. Um, if you, if you don't mind, I, I want to impart some gratitude of, of my own to you um, because you, you have been, and I don't know if you realize this, but the very first time that you and I uh, connected uh, in person, uh, I was like, Hey, let me buy you a beer and let me just pick your brain. <laughs> and at the time, I was a broke 20 something year old kid. And you said, absolutely. Here's where I'm going to, you know, here's where I'm going to be between this time and this time. Come join me at the bar. And I sat there, you know, picking your brain about wrestling and what would you do in this situation? And here's this idea and here's that idea. And I saw you drink, you know, three or four beers in that time frame <laughs> at a hotel. And I'm like, that's like a $8 beer. And I'm counting it up and I'm like, ooh, it's an expensive, expensive bar tab. I'm like, okay, well, I'm like, I'm like, I have a little bit of room on my credit card, but you know, and yeah, then, a, a bo boutique, boutique LA in, in Beverly Hills, not, not a good place to go out and have a bunch of drinks. Yeah. And, uh, and without even thinking about it, you whipped out your credit card and you, you took care of the bill. Um, and for me that, that gave me an idea of, how, and I've since heard from other people who have worked with you or know you that 
that's the type of person that you are. That if you know that the person on the other side of the table is not in as good of a situation you are, that you're the first person to whip out a credit card and take care of it. And I'm not telling people to go and buy you beer or offer to buy you beers and then hope that you're going to pay for it. What I'm saying is, um, you know, I appreciated that. And it gave me a good mentality of how to deal with people who have later in life come to me and said, hey, can I buy you a cup of coffee and chat with you for a few minutes and pick your brain on something? And, you know, uh, it really set a mentality. So I just wanted to say thank you for that first encounter. It set a really good, positive um, vibe, and which is one of the reasons why when you announced that your book was coming out, I was one of the first to sign up and, and buy it and why I continue. Well, I appreciate that very much. And I appreciate you saying that. It makes me feel good. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. So one last, one last question for you here and I'll let you go because I've taken up enough of your time. Um, what is, what does the next handful of years look like for, for Eric Bischoff? Um, I, I feel like between the podcast and the book, uh, you know, obviously you, you enjoy grilling, you enjoy, enjoyed hunting. I don't know if you still enjoy it. Um, I know your wife is, is a life coach and, and does a lot of great stuff there. Um, do, you, do you see yourself getting into another form of business, doing something uh, on, a, on a scale of any sort? Or, or are you just in a position where you feel like this is the next handful of years, you know, 83 weeks, the podcast and whatever appearances come out of it? Well, you know, I've got um, one project in particular that's in development as we speak that I'm, I'm excited about. But it's it'll, it'll be two years before it comes to fruition. Uh, it's a it's a big project and some great people involved um, that have a lot more talent and experience than I do. So I'm learning from them and I look forward to that. But beyond that and just doing the podcast, I still make appearances. I'm going to Toronto this weekend for an appearance and I like doing that. You know, it, it gets me out a little bit and makes me realize how much I appreciate where I live in Wyoming. <laughs> but uh, See, there's always a reason to be grateful, but, yep. um, you know, I'm pretty content. I, I, I'm, I don't have anything that I feel a need to do. I'm kind of leaning into the things that I want to do and I enjoy doing. And right now I'm enjoying my life and I'm enjoying doing what I'm doing and I'm not looking for anything else. So we'll just see what happens. I, you know, who knows my, my entire life. I've never planned. I didn't plan a career. I didn't plan anything. I just adapted and took advantage of opportunities as they came about. And I'm probably still doing that. It's just that I'm a little more um, determined to kind of stay where I'm at, I'm not willing to move to the East Coast or move to the West Coast. If I can do it from home and have fun doing it, make a couple bucks, give me a call. Otherwise, I'm good just hiking with my dog, man. <laughs> well, Eric, I appreciate the time. The book is called Grateful, uh, bischoffbook.com. Uh, obviously the podcast 83 weeks uh, you and I we have a Monday Monday morning war because our podcasts both come out on Mondays but uh, you're kicking my ass man so <laughs> it even, it's not much of a war Conrad's uh, kicking your ass I'm just along for the ride <laughs> uh, I appreciate your time go and download uh, the podcast and, and get a copy of the book it's going to be a good one uh, I shouldn't say that before I read the book should I no, it's going to be good. You can say it. It's going to be good. All right. You're, you're safe. <laughs> Eric, thank you so much. Thank you, buddy. Talk to you soon. Thanks.